Hello and welcome to Lead Your Tribe. My name is Kyle Wood and today I don't have Dale with me because I've got another guest. Uh, her name is Andrea D. Hayes. The D is for, you guessed it, danger. Uh, <laughs> I know you should like that. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, so, Andrea is the kind of uh, leader that I really like because you, you're not going to find her on Instagram with like 100,000 followers, you know, posting selfies of her workouts. Uh, but what she is, she's someone who's actually doing the work. So rather than putting on a show about what she's doing as a leader, she's actually getting in there and helping trainers. Uh, and she does that through being the managing partner at the Change Maker Academy, which works alongside a name you might recognize, Dr. John Baradri. I have pronounced that right, haven't I, Andrea? Yeah, Baradri. Baradri. Could be a tricky oh, one, added, yes. Yeah, Baradri. Uh, so over there, they help change makers turn their passion for health and fitness into a powerful purpose and wildly successful career. She's also the program manager at the University of Victoria, that's in British Columbia, um, Innovation Center, where she teaches, mentors, and establishes key connections with budding entrepreneurs. You're an awesome person to have on this podcast, Andrea. Um, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too. I'm looking forward to geeking out about um, entrepreneurship and leadership, and then especially, you know, with something I'm passionate about too, the health and fitness industry. Uh, but first, I do have to ask, how danger became your middle name. <laughs> I wish I had a cooler story here. People <laughs> always ask that. <laughs> but literally, whenever it was, like, whatever, I don't even know, 2007 when I made Facebook, I just, I think it's from Austin Powers where he says, danger yep. is my middle name. And I said, yep. danger is my middle name. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> I honestly just made it and typed it and have never looked back. So I really just kept of, it. Yeah, it kind of stuck. Like even now that I use it, you know, personal and business, I just left it alone because it kind of makes me laugh. So. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, yeah, I, I was like, either it'll just be like something that you've done on a whim, or, or there'll be some some cool story like someone dubbed it to you. But I do like that, and it's a good throwback to like thinking back to two thousand and seven and how different social media and everything was then. Um, and how young we were as well. <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like a funny joke, you know, laughing at your own jokes, and then I yeah. still kind of laugh at it now. Like, I forget that it's there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it just takes someone new like me coming along. Um, so, uh, let's let's just jump in and talk about the last, where are we, June, as we're recording this. So, you know, the last, like, 15 months we've been in in a global pandemic and uh lots of people have been talking about the pandemic so we don't have to talk too much about that but obviously it's been a really hard time for the fitness industry with gyms closing group fitness being shut down um trainers having to scramble wildly to move their services online and deliver them through zooms and things like that and so as someone, you know, at the Change Maker Academy, you were already sort of in the trenches helping health and fitness professionals. And the thing is you decide to do to help people is to start a book club. 
Yes. Is that yes, right? I did. Yes, that is one of the things I we decided to do. Um, so, so we started a free, I guess, a book club for health and fitness professionals. Um, just thinking, oh, you know, people are isolated. I like reading books. There might be people who also want to read books. So I remember I started it as this like little small idea. And what I preach about my business partner, he was like, if you're going to, you know, it takes as much energy to do something big as it does small. So, you know, put it out there. And all of a sudden, I think we had, you know, three to 4,000 within five days of opening it up. Um, yeah. And that kind of caught on. And now there's over 6,000 people, but it really yeah. is just a, <laughs> a community driven thing where we geek out on books, talk about them, you know, weekly calls. And I've gotten like to make like the best of friends all around the world. So it's been fun uh, providing that, but also fun for me as a human to connect with everyone yeah. else in the group. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And we'll talk a bit more, I guess, about that later about that, like, things being enjoyable in your business and enjoyable and fulfilling for you personally as well. So, so it was really just like a whim type thing. It was at your suit or something you were feeling like you needed and that's why you decided to create it. Yeah. Well, I just, I, yeah, I just kind of got the sense. I mean, everyone, I feel like it's hard to find your people in regular life and Mm -hmm. people who are passionate about, the same things as you are who would like read these books and want to talk about them and like in a confined area. So luckily when you're online, you can find people from all over the globe that are like you and then tack a pandemic on top of that where you can't get out of your house. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. figured it would be like a nice way for people to talk and connect. And I didn't expect, <laughs> you know, that many people to join or nor did I like know what I was really getting myself into when I started doing it. But here we are, like, I guess, you know, 14, 15 months later, whatever it is, and it started, it still goes. Um, people show up every week and, you know, we've like literally become, like, it's not just saying that, I literally would have any of them over at my house. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how much I like these people. So, yeah, it's been really fun and rewarding. That's really cool. And so, you, do you, what do you do, a book a month? Or um, No, we actually, because we want to apply everything we learn, and um, we got pretty uh, geeky about it. So usually we only read one to two chapters a week. Um, yep. So what happens is that we splice down a book and we create daily posts. So Monday through Friday, uh, we take the content of the book, break it apart, ask people questions to help them actually apply the content in their life. So there's like a verbal dialogue in the group um, daily. And then each week we get on calls to discuss the book. But again, we practice coaching. So we have breakout rooms where there's a, a coach um a client, someone takes the client role and someone gives feedback. So an observer wow. role. So you can actually watch the coaching, give feedback. Uh-huh. So people actually take it. Last book we did was Story Brand. So people doing uh, marketing yeah. and then you're getting coaching through it. Um, so not only is it about the information, but what's getting in the way of you actually posting your stuff, which is the mental roadblocks people go through. Um, and then people actually support each other outside the group. So People will, yeah, when wow. you said, do you want me to hold you accountable? People will message each other and say, hey, did you do that thing we talked about uh, in that book? So it's really become this way of applying your learning because um, then you don't, I mean, how many books do you read that you don't remember anything? Yeah, and these yeah. last, I think we've only done four books now in the last year and a half, but I feel like I could recite the content um, yeah. because of that, uh, which has been really cool. And talking about them with your friends is always fun. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's a big problem with books. People get kind of addicted, almost addicted to them, like reading them, like lots and lots. And they're like, you know, I did fifty books this year. 
but it's like, yeah, how much of that do you actually remember and, and retain and and use? Um, and really, like out of all the books, there's they're they're often all saying the same thing, just packaged up in different ways. So so what? So you've done about four books. So what you've done, story brand um i have heard of that one what else have you guys worked through um we started with change maker so yep. jb's book uh then we went into atomic habits by james clear uh, yep. and then we went into switch by chip and dan heath oh uh, yeah and then it was story brand and now we just voted on our next book and i should know the uh title <laughs> by heart but i do not uh, but it's a difficult conversations book about a uh, highly resistance client highly resistant clients. So it's normally oh, yeah. used okay, in cool. like a counseling context, um, but obviously huh. very applicable for health and fitness professionals to know how to deal with resistance. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I have to join in with that. So, and, and this is like, how did you make the decision? Because this is free, something you run, I mean, sort of under the brand of change maker Academy, but how did you make that decision? So, you know, it's a lot of value and a lot of work your team's putting into it. How did you make the decision of like, this is something we just want to offer the community for free versus, oh, this is something that maybe we'll like pay and, and have like sort of a more of a inner circle type community? Um, yeah, I guess it just felt, I don't know if felt right is the right answer. I felt right to offer it for free. Um, like in, in that it is free, I think it makes it better in some ways. Like it's community driven. Mm. What I mean by that is that the first book that I did was a hundred percent me. But then by the end of the book, I had two awesome volunteers raise their hand and say, how can I help? Um, so now yeah. instead of it just being me, uh, we splice the book up between three of us, which is really helpful. Um, the people in the community have also been, become like, like trusted sources of feedback for me. So for example, I, I wrote a course and they all went through it as beta and I get that, you know, receiving a free course can seem awesome, but I'm also using one of their most valuable assets, which is their time and energy. And so that's something yep. I'm really grateful for. So although, you know, like what is free, I guess it's an energy exchange as cheesy yeah, as yeah. it sounds. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like this base for all you do. And I guess from a business perspective, um, you show up every day for a year. <laughs> people sometimes, you know, they get interested in your products or they share it with other people. So while that's not the goal, uh, it's certainly an outcome that we've experienced because of it. Yeah, it builds that. It builds a very strong sense of trust that, like that you said, that act of you showing up every day and, yeah, and and then you create that inner circle of of super fans, and I guess you could do that in like a paid thing as well, but it just lowers that barrier to entry, especially in our industry, especially during a pandemic when people's income was maybe like unpredictable and um, mm -hmm. a bit all over the place. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and sometimes I feel like if this is how you show up for free, then people wonder you know, what behind the curtain looks like when you, when you actually pay for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'm sure if you put on, I think you mentioned this when we caught up the other week, if you had like a retreat or something like that, you know, like this group of people that already like each other so much would be there in a, in a heartbeat um, mm -hmm. to spend time together. So, okay, cool. I think that's a good thing to think about because I, I know that is a question that comes up for trainers, especially trying to create their own online communities. So, like, 
should this just be for my clients or should this, you know, be something that I do for the wider community? Um, so that's helpful for you to, to clear that up. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'd actually written down before, um, in my experience of you, and then, you know, we had that chat the other week, your personality is kind of to over-deliver. And I think the book club is such a good example of that, <laughs> like daily posts, you know, breaking down the book for people, like really like getting in there and shouldering some of that work for these people who are coming along on this journey with you. How has that sort of attitude um, helped you in your business's career? Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, yeah, I think a couple things come to mind. Um, one, I think it gives you a sense of pride. <laughs> like you never know if you're going to succeed or if you're going to fail. But at the end of the day, if you deliver something that puts a smile on your face, it still makes life meaningful, <laughs> especially when 90% of businesses fail you're going to fail sometimes Mm. and that's okay. But even if you go the extra mile to, you know, put a document together and make it look beautiful, you can smile at the end of the day and be like, Oh, look at, you know, look at what I made. And I could be happy about it without, it makes the journey more fun. Sometimes when the outcome doesn't go the way that you want it to. Um, So I'd say that's one thing is just making me enjoy the journey and being like doing work I'm proud of. Uh, And then the second thing, I think it's something people notice after a while I mean, you could, you talked about social media posting online, but I think something that trumps everything is the quality of work you do. And that will be something that, you know, builds your reputation, get people want to work with you, uh, et cetera. If they know that you are someone who's going to deliver and do your best, it doesn't always have to be perfect, but if they can do your best, that's all you can ask for. And then when you have a team, if you always show up and do your best, you're surrounded by people who do their best all the time. And you kind of like feed off of each other like this crazy feedback model where you always just want to ask for everyone's idea not because you know you're but like with the goal of just trying to put forward your best all the time and I feel like that's what we've created um with our team um that everyone just holds themselves to the standard and if you're the leader you you're kind of someone told me you're the metronome one year and that used to freak me Uh out you know just remember as the leader you're the metronome you set the pace you set the quality and so everything you do, you can't expect people to follow you if you're not doing it yourself, um, which can feel intense because that's causing you to level up if you want other people to level up and you have to hold yourself at a, at a standard, which can feel overwhelming, you know, and give you anxiety. But at the same time, when you do it and then you surround yourself with a team that does it, it's pretty yeah. cool because you start to really, really trust each other. Yeah, cool. Um it's making me think of like a spiral, like an upward spiral, you know, as like each, each, each bit of trust and showing up for the rest of your team inspires someone else, which lifts the spiral and it goes around in a circle and upwards, upwards elevates. Totally. Yeah. And I would even extend that, that circle to our uh, clients or our free clients. We ask for feedback and it's not to pump us up, but it is like, we will take your feedback and we'll put it into everything we do. And yeah. so now I think people know us as, oh, I had the suggestion and now I can see my suggestion in your work and hey, we're also going to shout out to you <laughs> and let everyone yeah. know that, you know, you were the person that made us make this change. 
Um, so it just causes this like rise of all tides and people wanting to contribute because they actually feel, you know, seen, heard and understood when they communicate with us as a company, uh, et cetera. That's really cool. That's really such a, fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, I can see your eyes lighting up. Um, <laughs> that this is something that really uh, excites you. So I guess that that was a question that came up for me before when you were talking was like, where do you think you like got this or learned this? Um, it's so funny. I can. <laughs> you gave me like a flashback when you said this. I have like a flashback to being like a child, and I remember that I used to make these posters in school. And what I would do is I'd get a poster. <laughs> You're going to think I'm crazy. I'd get out a ruler and I'd measure every line in pencil. Then I'd get my pencil and, you know, draw out that ruler and make sure the lines were all even. And I'd uh-huh. take forever. Then I'd go over it with marker. And at the end, I'd be really proud of it. And then I remember I worked on this project with a friend and it just like wasn't good enough. I think I was 10. <laughs> and I felt like, oh, it needs to be better. So I went home and like leveled up. But then I remember she because I kept working on her work, she got really upset with me, if that makes mm, sense. Uh, yep. She was like, why did you fix it? And in my head, I was like, because it was riddled with spelling errors, you know? Uh, and then I had this, so that's like a thing being like, oh, maybe you're too much. And then one time my grandma, I actually remember saying, she'd be like, you'd be hard to be with because you're really intense. <laughs> like, what do I mean? So I feel like I had this tendency growing up. And then what I did is tried to like ignore it a little bit and be like more like carefree and spontaneous for a little while. Yeah, okay. Um, so like tucked it away. And I mean, oftentimes your strengths are your biggest weaknesses and vice versa. But lately, like working with JB again, um, he has the same similar tendencies and we feed off of each other. And now I'm like, oh, it's not a bad thing. Like this thing that showing care for your work isn't bad, which I think I label it as bad for a little bit. Like that's overkill perfectionism because people always <laughs> say, you know, yeah. it's a bad thing, but there's very good upsides to wanting to do your best. Um, so I think I like tucked it and now I can see it, you know, coming out again, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the the one problem with perfectionism is that you never end up shipping or delivering the thing that you're creating, but you still do that. So I think, I think that's okay. I think that's like a, there's like a healthy <laughs> form of perfectionism where you, where you're wanting to put good stuff out there that's going to help people. And then as you mentioned before that you enjoy making as well. Yeah, totally. And deadlines help. Yeah. Telling oh other telling other people my deadlines specifically helps. <laughs> yeah. Because or else I will want to go make edits. Um but like having to put something out that isn't perfect is also a practice. So there's definitely like a time and a place and an understanding that it will never be your best and iteration is a is a practice as well. So there's a balance. Um but yeah, never do I want to do something I'm not proud of, because then what's the point? You know, it's not going to land yeah. well. If it's not landing well for you, it's not going to land well in public. <laughs> so. Just, yeah, just like forcing things out there for the sake of. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the, and definitely you're right about having a team. Like I had, I've just got one lady who works for me and yesterday we had our weekly meeting and um, I kind of, we sort of have chunks where we plan out the work we're going to do. And I had one thing in there and then I kind of got rid of it because I just realized we weren't going to have time. But then at the meeting yesterday, she was like, so when are we going to do that? <laughs> and it's so good because like previously when just working for myself, I, you know, it would be easy to kind of like sweep that thing under the rug. Um, but yeah, having that team member sort of, yeah, just like hold you accountable 
uh, even though I'm like the boss. Um, yeah, it's so it's such a helpful thing. Um, and then I was reflecting on it yesterday. And I was like, you know what? It really wouldn't take me that long to do it. Like I can I could easily squeeze that into my day. And that's totally. that thing as well that you mentioned, which I try and keep in mind. And I feel like I've gotten from reading like Brene Brown stuff is when someone makes a suggestion to you on your team or in your community, implementing it builds so much trust. Just to re- reiterate what you said, I know you already said it because they know their voice is going to be heard and that makes them feel more welcome to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think talking about communities, that's often a big missing aspect the person who's the leader of the communities in their head going, Oh, what, what do I need to do? What can I deliver? What do I write? What do, what content do I create? Da, 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 da. And it's really, would you agree with this? It's really about listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. I think it takes the sting out too. You, you can get so nervous. I mean, with any client situation, any content you're creating that you always have to have the answer. But once yep. you realize that all you have to do is listen very intently, uh, I think, and ask good questions, it takes the stress away because yeah. people are going to tell you what they want and you just have to be the one to hold that and creatively deliver what they, you know, what they want to see. And then people will like it instead of, you know, stressing about it in your own head, trying to make something no one actually wants because you didn't listen. That's how, you know, I've definitely approached things like that before. Like yeah, thinking oh, absolutely. Yeah, like hacking away in your basement by yourself was the way to build a business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. It's it's difficult though, handing over that that part of your like it adds a level of uncertainty, you know, because you you're you're giving up a bit of control of this thing that you're creating by putting it in the world and then asking for feedback. Is it something you notice like fear around that or Oh, yeah. The uncertainty, you're nodding, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. Like even, like I said, I did a course recently at a beta group and yeah. I knew, I knew it wasn't ready or where I wanted it to be yet. Specifically, like I was making these videos and I, <laughs> it was so funny because I had our bed and then I had a stack of books on top of the bed with like this TV tray, like holding my camera like this, <laughs> like so, awesome. so not professional. But I had this lapel, so I was like, oh, I'm going to nail it. <laughs> like, yeah. the sketchiest setup ever. Made these videos, and, like, little do people know that to get one video took me, you know, at first I was like, I'm going to bang <laughs> out eight a day. <laughs> but to get that one video took me, you know, a day. <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't good enough. Like, I remember, <laughs> because I, like, respect the people that I asked in the beta group so much, being like, it's just not, it doesn't match the quality of the course. And I remember just sitting there being like, do you know that this took me four days? Like, you know, you have that original feeling being like, but do you know how uncomfortable that was to make for me and how long that took? But then you swallow it and you level up and it's way better in the end, you know? Yeah. Um, So I find that there's like a nervousness to get the feedback. And then there's like, oh, that's a lot of work. And then you put in the work and it's way better. And it's extremely gratifying as a result. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they uh, the initial uh, over. Yeah, I'm just thinking of how that of like we have my own experience around doing things like that as well. I think especially with video nowadays, my standards have dropped a lot because <laughs> I realized I just wouldn't make it. 
I wouldn't make the videos because they weren't to my my standard of, of quality. So now I'm just like, as long as I can hear and like see myself clearly, um, that's good. One day, maybe I'll be able to hire a professional to come in and shoot these for me professionally. <laughs> and I found like people don't, like I've never once had someone email me and be like, dude, your your video quality could be so much better. <laughs> so it just goes to show like there's these things that we have in our head that we think is really important. What's really important is, is delivering that content, getting it out there to people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you could always make it better. That's like another thing. Like, yeah. If you wanted to, you could always make it better. So deciding when good enough is truly good enough is, yeah. you know. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Andrea, was something that I like geeking out on as well, which is personality assessments. Ooh. <laughs> like we've actually done an episode of this podcast on like Myers-Briggs and stuff. And recently oh, cool. I was working with a coach who got me to do my Enneagram number. And that was like, wow, like that that's probably one of the ones I've gotten like the most out of. Um, I just never, never done it before because it's kind of a bit of a pain in the butt to do. Have you done Enneagram? I have. Enneagram it's been a long time, but I have done okay. that one. Yeah. Do you know? Do you remember what number you are? I don't. I don't. And I wish I did. Well, I'm a four for those who are listening and there's like subtypes. So I'm like a, oh, I don't remember what subtype I, subtype I am. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because there's not, so there's nine with Enneagram and then yeah. they've now identified it's like you can refine things a bit on someone's personality by like these three sort of subtypes of each, um, each of the numbers. Uh, but yeah, I really like that one. I've done it like a via strengths Gallup. What's Gallup's the strengths finder one. That was one of the first ones I did, um, back in the day. Um, so what are some that you like? Um, so I guess, I mean, I like a lot of them. (laughs) I like some (laughs) weird ones too. There's this one called the five love languages that I, ah, yes sometimes even ask colleagues to do because I, yeah. I found like the way you know obviously the way that you give or show appreciation or love however you want to show it is the way you like to receive it and yep. it could be empty and meaningless so I feel like yeah. as a team I want to yep. know that I'm showing appreciation to other people on my team in a way that actually resonates for them <laughs> so that's like one use case of one uh, that I enjoy for that for that purpose outside of the regular purpose that it's being used um, another one is the caliper profile. Yeah. So it's a very like rigorous in depth personality assessment. And when people take it, we find that they get flashbacks to doing, you know, a standardized test or to that time oh, when they really? were in math class and didn't know the answer <laughs> to the question. Yeah. Um, because it tests your ability for things like abstract reasoning, et cetera. So you get categorized okay. and ranked on 21 personality traits. So yep. you either, and it shows you your percentile ranking of where you score. Yep. Um, and like a low score in this context isn't bad. A high, sc- high score isn't good. It's all situation dependent, like our own strengths yep. and weaknesses are. They're going to show up yeah. and really help us in some instances and hurt us in others. Um, so that's one we've definitely used um, for, our, it's really impacted my own work. Um, we use it for hiring. Uh, we use it for like geeky team discussions as well. Um, and it, that's been really fascinating. So I have a, as an example, I have a team member who is 
really high, 99% detail-oriented, 99% urgency. So you can imagine yeah, okay. <laughs> that combination is like, yeah. um, I want it done yesterday and to this degree. Um, yeah, so yeah. fully aware of it, which is awesome. But what that does is that we can put it on the table and talk about it. Yeah, um, exactly. So for people, you know, that'll be like, I'm going to practice patience. Okay, other people are going to practice delivering faster. Um, I show up as having, which is funny, like lower ego strength slash resilience, which is hilarious. So we we often talk that I have happy puppy dog tendencies. <laughs> so what I mean there is like, I really like people to like me who doesn't. That shows up and I like pe- like people to feel good. I want them to feel awesome, which shows yeah. up really well in community, that sort of thing. But it really can be a stinger for me in a leadership role. Um, yeah. Because sometimes it can cause me to be overly obliging and take on yep. more than I should and to show up as an assistant, which is not my intended role in our company. Yeah. So what's great about that is like my team can call me out and say, hey, Andrea, I noticed a happy puppy dog coming. Do you want to tell me what that's all about? <laughs> and it's an okay conversation where like versus uh-huh. a lot of people would be really offended, but we can say, you know, use our personality test, put it on the table and, and talk about how we're showing up conflicts we'll talk about where this might have come from and understand each other so it's definitely like a geeky way to go about work um but it's been immensely helpful um definitely in my you know in my own career and with a team like I'm so grateful people can just hold me to the standard that I set for myself and I can do the same for them Uh, yeah it's like liberating (laughs) yeah and and yeah doing assessments gives you the language like with the five love languages, like that, that was a big one for me and my wife, because mine is, um, touch is my number one. And, and my number two is, um, words of affirmation. Oh, awesome. And hers is like her number one is, um, acts of service. And it would just like paint a picture and such a disconnect we had because she would do stuff for me and, um, and then be like kind of annoyed that I wasn't appreciating the stuff she was doing for me because I just wanted like to a be hug. told that she had yeah, a hug or a <laughs> massage. Tell me that I'm great. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, she'd be off in the kitchen doing all the stuff, not spending time with me. And I'd be like, well, that's how are you showing me you love me that way. And so having that language made me realize that when she was doing that was that she was expressing love to me and then also like you know she was able to then when she wanted to express love to me she knew ways to do that and vice versa so now i know like acts of service which i wouldn't do um you know i would just tell her that i love, love her or something like that which didn't land as hard so uh yeah that's really helpful and then i can see how you know doing something like the caliper test with your team uh, i'm even imagining like a trainer who just has like one you know assistant trainer that works for them um you're new as a leader because it's your first time you're having to probably like manage another like employee or subcontractor Mm -hmm. and being able to understand how to talk to that person what their strengths and weaknesses are um and what your own are as well (laughs) to be able to communicate um it gives you that language that you can then mm-hmm. communicate about it rather than like you're doing, you know, you're doing this wrong or every time we try and do this, you shut me down or um, mm-hmm. you set unrealistic 
deadlines <laughs> because your urgency is 99%. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, it'll actually even break down into your motivators, what types of environment works well for you. Um, so then like how it normally is applied is as a manager, how can I, it, one use case, I guess, is as a manager, how can I help this new person I hired? Um, yep. So it can also be used as a self-assessment tool because that's basically how would I coach myself. So yeah. like, for example, I have a, also a tendency just to, my days are like, boom, 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 boom. And like the whole idea of, you know, scheduling time or cushion in between events for life to happen. <laughs> That's like a normal practice that you should do. But I'm like, what? You should schedule like downtime in your day and guess life happens, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but little things like that that you can laugh about and then help each other with, but also um, just raise awareness to your own weaknesses and coach yourself on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I've learned for me, I, I can't do it. I can do like maybe three days like that. And then, and then you know, the wheels are stuck rattling. And then like yeah. after another week, they're, they're starting to come off. Um, and then I, and I don't sleep. So I found like I, I would rather I get up and work, try and start work like between seven and eight, work all the way to lunch and then either take the afternoon off or just do a small amount of work. Cause I need like that much wind down before bed or else I don't sleep because I'm right. thinking about work. Right. So I have to have like this big ramp down where I do, can do other stuff like walk, spend time with family, uh, do things like that. But that self-awareness, yeah, it's so key because for years I tried to fit everyone else with this like nine to five mm-hmm. thing or even when I was a trainer, you know, doing training people till nine o'clock at night and then, you know, really struggling to wind down at night and then having to get up early again the next morning, Mm -hmm. um, learning that about myself and it's something we didn't talk about, but I think like being at peace with that part of Mm -hmm. yourself, that's the challenging part as well. Totally. Yeah. And what like a blessing it is to be able to set your own schedule or yeah, if you yes. like, <laughs> or if you had a boss, hopefully, you know, having someone who understands, you know, I, yeah. Well, understands my, when you should work when your energy is good and then probably stop working when it's terrible. Well, when I did work in an office for a year, I did, um, I would get all my work done before lunch because that was my, and then basically I'd spend the rest of the day looking like I was working, but usually just like reading things on the internet. Uh, yeah, and, and I worked that out about myself and, and, and my boss didn't know because I was still getting everything done. Um, but yeah, I worked out pretty quickly that I was pretty useless in the afternoons. Yeah. Um, so if I, if, if I wanted to get something done, I had to get done before lunch. Totally. I'm very similar. Very, very similar. So I'm curious to try it because I love personality assessments. I'm curious to try out the caliper test. Um, And you have very kindly offered to set us up with some free assessments. Yes. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so very exciting. <laughs> so we love this test. Um, like again, we've used it for hiring, et cetera. And then we wanted to offer it in our course. So we actually established a partnership with um, the Caliper team in Canada um, to set cool. up uh, 
assessment. So normally, this assessment is only accessible to large employers. Again, it's usually a hiring tool. So what what people would do is get a bunch of candidates together. um, And then at the end, one of the things they'd use is get get them all to take this caliper. So how does this person think thinking align with the role that I want them to have? Um, So Mm -hmm. it'd be a screening tool. Um, But again, in our case, we're not collecting any, we're not sending this to anyone's boss. We don't even know who anyone work, where people work. Uh, we're just using this as a, you know, a tool to get to know yourself across all these personality assessments. So we have a partnership available. Long story short, um, it's not usually accessible to anyone outside of like being hired by an employer. And it's also normally 700 US dollars to take. Yeah, wow. Um, but we're offering it up to free for anyone on this um, podcast. Um, if any of the listeners want to go ahead and do that, um, all they have to do is email caliper at changemakeracademy.com and we'll send you all the information to take your assessment. Um, and after you take the assessment, our team will pull the reports and send it all that information to you um, probably within five to 10 business days. Um, and then you'll have your assessment. And we're also happy to you know chat through any of the nuances um, people have as they go through it because um, it can be kind of I mean knowing your strengths and weaknesses is one of the best things you can do to live a life and have a career you love but at the same time seeing your own weaknesses can be really tricky sticky and hard um, at the beginning so we find having a dialogue with other people who have gone through the assessment get what it's like no one's perfect none of us are um, so if anyone gets their results and feels sticky not that you should be afraid of it also just be know that we're like open to discussing your results and helping you make sense of what they mean uh, in the context of your life as well awesome yeah I, that's very generous um and i really love what you're about at changemaker academy you know when i was reading your website came across it through I should shout out to Lyndon for um, mm, making the Lyndon's connection so awesome. <laughs> um, that yeah it's just it was awesome reading through and being like I love that there's there's other people in the industry you know doing this work trying to help trainers really like work out who they are and what type of business model and or career works for them rather than just being like this is the way um which I, which you know, I see too much as like this is the way you should market. This is the way you should do. Da, 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 da. It's like no, you need to start with who you are first. So mm-hmm. thank you very much um, for offering this as a tool to help people. There's no strings attached. Um, you know, I, I don't think I, I wouldn't be okay with it if there was. This is just something Andrea and her team is offering. Um, offering listens listeners of the podcast, which I think is amazing and. I also recommend checking out, um, I'll include links in the show notes to the book club, the free book club, especially if you're a trainer and, um, and you like reading books or you want to read books, but maybe need that like little bit of accountability, uh, especially now is a good time as well, because when are you starting the new book? Uh, the new book is starting the week of July 5th. So we'll have yeah. our first call on that Thursday. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, I'll make sure this is out before then and um, people can jump in and, uh, and yeah, yeah, just like participate with this really cool group of people. I know it's something I try and do with Bootcraft is create this cool community and um, different people like different leaders. So, so that's why I love that there's other communities out there 
for um and also i don't do a book club so that's (laughs) (laughs) and it's Um, totally free yeah yeah that's what i love it is just community i think i shared with you too uh i thought it was a huge win i think um maybe like a few weeks ago or whenever we were wrapping up our last book someone in the breakout room asked me what i did and in the back of my head i was like i'm winning because it's so it's so not branded and it's so not salesy or we're not trying to get anything we're just trying to hang out with friends (laughs) Um, so if you want to be our friend uh, we'd love to see you there that's really the intention yeah that's awesome i love it um andrea thank you so much for coming on the podcast Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. And uh, yeah, check show notes for uh, info on Changemaker Academy. And if you'd like to do this, the Caliper personality assessment, we'll have links there. You can do that for free. Um, And also, yeah, check out um, Andrea's book club and uh, get involved. Thanks again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. See you later. Bye.